So the World Cup of Star Trek, the Twitter poll account that I follow sometimes when they do different like rankings of Star Trek stuff, has returned. Oh, they got a new... I don't know if we said it on air or not, but yeah, I was curious what they were going to do next. Yeah, so we've talked about this a few times on the show. The World Cup of Star Trek is a Twitter account that it will like do every something in Star Trek, and you have to and a little poll, and you do a huge kind of like March Madness. Um, yeah, like bracket tournament brackets. Yeah. Yeah, and um, so previously they've done the best like episode slash movie which I believe was, I believe Wrath of Khan ended up winning. Yes, Wrath of Khan won. And then they did Best Character, and it was Picard. And then they did Best Ship, which was the TNG Enterprise, the Enterprise D. And um, now they're doing Best Piece of Music. Interesting. Okay. Which is massive. I think it's like... It's interesting. I'm curious, like what this, how this this account is going to keep going because I do feel like they kind of, like they front loaded with like probably the two best. Yeah, they kind of like. I mean, you could do like best alien or something, but like because like this one, there's so many of them. This person has is like posting YouTube or like just like song links to all of them, so you could listen to every piece if you wanted to. Mm-hmm. I'm not doing that yet because there's so many of them. Um, but they're, I, I think as far as I know, like they're taking every like unique piece of every music. Time there's like part of this the show is like scored. Yeah. And, and then they're, they're ranking them against each other. Interesting. And, and, and it's funny cause it's like, it is interesting, but it's like kind of the same as like the other ones where it's just like, if you put every, like we know it's just going to come down to like all of the theme songs. Right, yeah, and it's like the same thing with the other ones. Like, it's kind of all the ships. It's going to come down to the captains. It's going to come down to the Enterprise, you know, I guess. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's sort of funny, but like, well, you know, whatever. It's fun. It's yeah. still like fun. So uh, we're only in the first round, so I couldn't even really tell you like if there's any like big ones. But it's like I'm basically like anytime, anytime there's like uh, I did just watch. I can't. Do we talk about on the show that I saw? Um, I don't uh, think we did, picture? no. Oh, well, we should talk about that briefly, we should, too. yeah. Um, I think you may have mentioned that you were going to, but yeah, I don't think we have since you saw it. Yeah, well, so I did I did just, in theaters, watch the director's cut 4K remaster of, of Star Trek The Motion Picture, and the music in that is great. I also like, totally forgot that that's where... The oh, TNG the next generation theme yeah. comes from. Yeah, that like, they took the, the theme, theme t- from the motion picture and we're just like, yeah. we'll just make this theme of our show because it's really good. Yeah, and the music's really good. And then I was like, I was listening to it again. And I still don't think I even really noticed. I mean, I knew, I'm sure I, I noticed it in the movie, but like, I didn't notice because I was just like, oh yeah, this is Star Trek music. And so I wasn't really thinking about like what show it was from or whatever. But then like, I was listening to the soundtrack of it later, which I don't do very often. I don't listen to uh, movie soundtracks, but I was listening because I was like, the music was really good. And then I was like, "Why is the TNG theme?" And I was like, "Oh yeah, this is the, it is the, the motion picture theme." But, um, but yeah, the music in that is great. So like, basically, anytime that there's been any music from that movie that's popped up on the poll, I just voted for it. Uh-huh. You know, and I'm just kind of like counting other people to kind of like thin the herd for a little while. You know, I don't need to listen to like this this song that's called like "Resignation Slash Lazarus Returns Slash Pig's Eye." You know, I'm, I, um, I'm just going to assume it's not that memorable. Yeah. 
or like like my, I honestly like I, I'm trying to think of like if there's an episode that I remember like being good like I probably liked the music from it or like, or, like you noticed or, the music yeah I, I can't think of any I mean again like I think there's probably things that I would recognize as Star Trek music if I heard them yeah that like get reused for like fight scenes or something like that but I couldn't tell you like I couldn't recall any of them at the moment or like every night I remember like I voted I voted for something that was in I think for the skin of evil I think we were talking about the skin of evil there's this really weird like synth music that plays in part of skin of evil so like I voted for a skin uh, of evil okay. thing I saw recently because I thought it might have been that maybe it's that um or like you know like the royale episode I know there's some like good casino music in that one so I voted for like I've been voting for the royale episodes when I see them you know kind of like letting the algorithm sort of figure it out for now and then I'll start you know once uh-huh. once it's uh been a little bit you know more narrowed down I'll I'll kind of dive in but um if I could just briefly yeah I did I, so I did see the motion picture um it's out of theaters now um it will be on Paramount Plus, uh, I think this fall, and I think you'll be able to buy the Blu-ray soon. Um, that movie rules, like, and and I haven't seen the theatrical version of it in forever, and so I don't. It, it's it's significantly longer. I think it's like fifteen minutes longer than mm. the theatrical version, I believe. And I know, like, the joke would be, I think, for a lot of Star Trek fans, like, why would you make the movie longer? You know, because it's it's not like a two and a half hour movie, and it's it's that movie is like known for being like slow and boring, and I don't know. Like I loved it. Like I thought. I like. I honestly like. I was like, this is up there. Like probably among my favorite Trek movies. Like probably mm-hmm. not as much as four because I just have like such a soft spot for four. But it might be my second favorite. Um, I, I you know to like as a point of comparison, I also happened to see Wrath of Khan in theaters this year as well, and which you know Wrath of Khan is usually the consensus pick for like best Trek movie. And I liked it a, a lot more than Wrath of Khan. I like Wrath of Khan, but but. Um, Interesting. So I think like it's in, it's interesting for like a lot of different reasons. So like, I almost like don't want to talk about it too much, just in case like you know our hundredth episode is coming up soon, and we haven't we haven't seen what it's going to be yet, but it is going to be one of the movies. So like I would hate for it was to talk like too much about it now, and then yeah, to have that's fair. the movie be just about it. But it, like yeah, but like it is. It, first of all, it's like the only one of those movies they made for like any amount of money because like they made they spent like mm-hmm. a lot of money on this movie. It kind of flopped, and then they made the other ones with, like for like way less. But like that, it's all up there on the screen. It's directed by like no offense to like Le- you know Leonard Nimoy or like anybody else who did any other movies, but like, it's directed by like a real director. It's directed by <laughs> by Robert Wise, who who did like the who was like one of the co-directors of of like the old West Side Story movie, you know, the best picture winner uh, West Side Story. Yeah. He also directed The Sound of Music, so like he's like knows what he's doing. Um, the music's great. Uh, the the remaster looks so the movie already looked cool. That's why I wanted to go see it in the theaters because I was like, I bet you this would have been neat to watch in the theater. And the yeah, new I think that's something like, that kind of was always said is like it's very like creates a just like like visually yeah. it just looks like it's about like creating a image. Yeah, it looks really cool. The release, I would say, like definitely check it out. Like if it's on Paramount Plus or you just looking for something to do, like. It's 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 really like good to look at, but then also like it's such like a quintessential like Star Trek thing, like the story of it is like it, it is slow and deliberate and like yes there is like a long long time where you're looking at like the model of the Enterprise and you know I understand why people make fun of that and I understand why people like make fun of like just like these long long just like shots of them going through space although all this stuff like looks cool and I and I actually did find. 
the dialogue and the story to be like very engaging this time around too. Like mm-hmm. there's some like really interesting character work and stuff. But then like again, like going back to Wrath of Khan, and I'm not like dumping on Wrath of Khan because I do like that movie, but like Wrath of Khan is like it's kind of it's very similar, honestly, to like the way that you do like a Star Wars movie now, where it's like what's a thing that exists that we can like reference, you know, in a way that I'm, I'm kind of like starting to come, become like very annoyed by the way that Star Wars does it. Cause that's like, Star or like Wars you is... like go back and dig up like a, a popular episode of Star Trek. And you're just like, what if we did a thing about that? Yeah. And it's all about like, it is all about like the problem of the thing, right? Like it, that movie doesn't have like a ton of like, you know, thematic underpinnings, like the, maybe yeah. a little bit, but like, it's mostly about like, there's a scary guy named Khan and, and like, Kirk has to fight him. Fight him. Yeah. And, which is like fine. And not, not banging yeah. on that. Like it's fine. But I mean, I think that is a criticism of like pretty much every Star Trek movie. Other is that like, it's not like, it's something different than like the reason we all love Star Trek, right? Like it's made as a movie and like, doesn't feel like a Star Trek episode. Like that's the thing with, I think like, and like a lot of the next generation ones are like still good but they like tried to make action movies and like that's yeah. just never been what that show is and like the, yeah i think the first one very like the the motion picture kind of is a very like like it's like a very like sci-fi premise and you like explored it and yeah well i think you're i think you're maybe selling some of the movies a little bit short because like i actually think that like Obviously, like, Star Trek Four is, like, very plotty. It's very plot-focused. But, like, that movie is also about how, basically, like, we didn't save the whales. And then that leads to our, like, destruction. Yes. You know what I mean? That's, like, that's and, true. Like, and, like, that's why – that's and, and certainly, it's, like – It's great. It's a- I don't – I don't love like undiscovered country like a lot of people do, but like that movie is also very much about like peace. It's about it's about like uh, detente, you know, like mm-hmm. and and like insurrection, which is a movie that I stick up for and a lot of people don't like, but like that movie also is. I think there is a a read on that movie, which is the read that I have that that movie is like about like colonization, you know, which is like why I kind of like stick mm-hmm. up for it and think it's kind of an interesting thing, even like beyond. Like, there's a little bit of something there where that movie is about, like, teamwork, you know, like, which is, like, a, yeah. li- a little bit further removed. But, like, there's something there. Whereas, like, you look at, like, the other two Abrams Star Trek movies, and those are just kind of about, like, <laughs> they're they're about Khan, or they're about, or they're about like, time travel or, yeah, or whatever. But- like, but, like, the motion picture is about, like, the movie ends, and then the text comes up, and it says the human adventure is only beginning and you're like hell yeah it is like <laughs> like you're you like yeah. it actually earns that and i'm like a very pessimistic person a lot of times about like the human adventure you know like sure. where like, i kind of think it's it's coming to an end maybe soon and, like and like what i like about star trek is that it is very optimistic about these things and like this movie is about like the potential of humanity and like what humanity could become if only we like are brave enough to like embrace it and like it's about like what you know it's about like all these things like what makes us human and and like what we're looking for in the universe and yeah. stuff and, what and is it's kind just of like, the, like next frontier of discovery and yeah and it's just this kind of like beautiful thing and i was just watching it just being like i love star trek and so yeah it was such a nice experience like i i I just found it like such a joy to watch, and I would say like when it when it hits Paramount Plus, like or if you get it on Blu-ray, like do it. It's like it's totally worth watching. You know, um, yeah. It's it's I really really enjoyed it. Uh, so, 
now we should talk about the episode, but I just, yeah, I did, yeah. I forgot we hadn't talked about that on the show, and I just wanted to report back, like, that movie is good, actually, the director's cut is really good, and if you haven't watched it for a while, I would encourage you to, to maybe check it out. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Out of Contracts, the show where two guys who have seen part of Star Trek try to watch all of it in no particular order. I'm Ryan Howard. And I'm Brady Jungle. And today we are talking about Collective, which is Voyager Season 6, Episode 16. It was uh, written by Michael Taylor, Andrew Shepard Price, and Mark Gaberman, and it was directed by Allison Liddy. And the, uh, the memory alpha description of it is, Voyager finds a Borg cube controlled by assimilated children who have been separated from the collective mind. Uh, yeah, so this episode is so uh, i i have not been watching a lot of uh, star trek lately in my free time besides despite my me talking about the motion picture i am still watching you know voyager with kim yeah. but we have we've been going very slow through it because we watch a lot of movies instead mm-hmm. if we have time to watch a movie we'll usually watch a movie instead watch of a tv show yeah. so i'm actually not to this episode yet but we're close enough that we decided to watch this one out of order um okay yeah because uh, we're, we're like at the end of season five right now we just watched the episode where the doctor tries to teach Seven how to date, which is a great episode, um, by the way. Uh, yeah. Do you remember that episode? Not really, no. He teaches her, he teaches her how to date, and then he like kind of falls for her by the end. Oh, okay. But, so it's it's like crazy because it like it basically is like a rom com, but like it it does a really good job because like I'm not a huge rom com guy. I like rom coms if you can execute them well but i always hate like this the end of the second act rom-com thing where like there's a misunderstanding mm-hmm. that like causes them to like go apart like that that part i, I always just like kind of don't like it and that basically they basically put throw a rom-com into this episode and like but make it like very heartfelt and like i liked it nice. quite a bit so still pushing my way through it but ha- have not uh, haven't got this episode yet but the, but, we, but we did watch this one out of order because we're, we're, we're i honestly so when we when we like picked the found out this was the next one we were going to be watching this is not the episode that i thought it was Mm -hmm. uh just from the title i thought that this was going to be the episode that you've probably seen where chakotay gets assimilated by like a colony of like people that used to be borg that got stranded on like a planet i have seen that episode yeah which is not a very good episode it's not great no but yeah like i heard the name collective and i was like oh it's probably that one um i forgot it was the like Borg children one. This this episode is like a strange episode to be called collective because it's not really like there are other episodes of the show that I think would be probably yeah like that like the Chakotay episode like a better name for that episode would be would be the collective in this one because this episode is kind of how about how they're like not part of the collective no anymore. longer part of the collective yeah yeah it is it does seem kind of like one of those like we just had like a page of like names for Borg episodes if we ever needed them. Yeah. And kind of pulled something out of that. This episode was okay. I, I I didn't love it, but it's better than a lot of the Borg episodes. I would say like that's true. I'll give you that. Yeah. If you're like on the bell curve of like uh, Voyager Borg episodes, like this is still on like a relatively high part of the curve, but it's on like the the better than average mm-hmm. side. Like if there's like a, a median episode, I'd say this is like a little better than like the median board episode to me personally. That's fair. I, that's definitely fair. I, I, I will say that when we first started watching Voyager, I knew each was a character. I had no idea that he doesn't appear until halfway through the second to last season. Oh of the yeah. Show. Um, 
because this is the first Ichib episode. Yeah, this is where Ichib comes from. Did you? When did you know that this was Ichib? Did you figure it out? I figured it out pretty quickly because because I, I have seen. I don't know if we've actually watched an episode with Ichib for the podcast, but I know what Ichib looks like. Uh-huh. And so when I saw that guy, I was like, "Oh, I think that's Ichib," because he's okay. got like a very kind of like distinctive like nose ridge. Yeah, that's fair. Um, nice. And you knew that he was like formerly Borg. Yeah. R.I.P. Ichib murdered senselessly in that in just like a weird episode. Yeah, and like a Picard. Yeah. R.I.P. Ichib. R.I.P. Um, Hugh. Uh, yeah. Also. Picard really had it out for the best Borg characters. That first that first season of Picard, man. Not that first season of Picard was uh, disappointing. Anyway. Anyway. Um, yeah. So why don't you take us into this episode? Uh, I, you yep. know, we were talking about that our episode last time, uh, Vanishing Point, not having a a B plot. Does this episode have a B plot? I don't think it really does actually there's, now that i think about it i mean it kind of like, like it follows different characters but they're all doing they're all working on the same thing yeah it's all kind of the same problem yeah there's no like data's off playing chess with somebody or whatever um i guess i guess like kind of the a like there it's like two different a plots like one of the a plots is like them trying to like solve the overall problem and then and then like seven's kind of like doing her own thing like, it's a kind of, like... Yeah, there's, like, different things, because they're, like, trying to figure out what happened. They're trying to, like, see if they can, like, get the kids to join them. But they're ultimately just, like, trying to get their people back. And then for... Because for most of it, like, Harry's off on his own, kind of trying to escape, too. Yeah. Harry, who just, like... He, he, he like, got knocked unconscious, and that, that ended up being, like, the key to his yeah. salvation. <laughs> Which is, like, it, it's it's a very typically harry kim episode if you like yeah, it's just like yeah, that's true harry is the one who's like knocked unconscious and just like kind of stumbling his way around and then ends up getting captured anyways yeah um, this episode also has a very unsettling fake baby in it yeah i kept trying to figure out if the baby was fake or not because i can't imagine that they could have done that to a real like put that degree of prosthetics on a real baby no, it definitely is fake because it because it's like it's too young. Like I, that's something I, we know. You, once you notice it, you probably have noticed this before. But like once you see it, you can never unsee it. Where it's like there are like labor laws about like mm-hmm. how like little infants. a baby can be. Yeah. yeah, you can't like have like a newborn be in a movie. Yeah, and, and it very much like it is a like it looks to be like weeks old and like maybe even premature. On top of that, yeah, like, it's, it, like, I think it's like newborn. It's a relatively good, especially for like the budget. Mo- I'm yeah, sure they most had. of it I think like, is good and like. But yeah, there's a couple of shots where like when it's like breathing or whatever, they're just like this is kind of weird. Yeah, like but like it's funny because it's like I think it works partially because it is a Borg baby, and so it's got these little implants on it, where like it looks unsettling in a way that it's like kind of like to the benefit, where it almost looks like like Lynchian in a way, like especially like, I'm thinking of like when it's in that tube of like. Yeah, when it's in the tube, it, and it's like moving around kind of in this weird way and like kind of like, like gasping screaming, for breath, yeah. like where it's like this is creepy and like. In a good way, though. I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, oh yeah, I guess I was going to mention, I forget if it was on the show that you said this or just in a text about like when you started watching Voyager, you had the realization that Harry Kim is basically just like, what if a red shirt always survived? Now you told me that. Yeah, that was your, I think you, that was I your, that was yeah. You. <laughs> um, I think it's, yeah, it's a, it is a good, a good analogy though. Um, um, so the, the episode starts that like, Harry Kim, Tom Paris, Chakotay, and Neelix are all out on, like, some unspecified mission in the 
Delta Flyer and like the shuttle. Well, they're playing poker in the Delta Flyer, which is very strange. Like I've never seen anyone do leisure activities in like a shuttlecraft. Yeah, they're all just kind of like sitting around on the floor and like presumably the shuttlecraft's on like autopilot back to Voyager. Yeah. And they're playing poker and like Neelix hustles everybody incredibly obviously. Yeah. <laughs> um, where he's just like, what? what's this game called again? Yeah. It's like, <laughs> oh boy, what a great, oh no, I'll bet a lot. Um, and then, and then the, sh- the, shuttle gets like captured by a board cube before we the poker thing something else i was, was talking about is that so they're they're doing poker and they're about to like quote make things interesting by like they're doing a gam they're gambling and they're gambling they're gambling duty shifts yeah but i was like how is neelix going to do any of these people's jobs right like, or, like and like what does that even mean also where it's like especially since one of them is like Chakotay, like the first officer of the ship. (laughs) That's what I was saying to Kim. I was like, is so like if Chakotay wins, is like the next day like Harry going to show up to Jayway and be like, hey, so I'm I'm first officer today. Like, (laughs) well, well, how does that work? (laughs) But we we we, they don't really uh, they don't really explore. Yeah, this is never followed up on. (laughs) But even if it's even if it's not like even if it's not like a rank thing, it's like. I don't think Neelix is like knows how to use the ops computer or whatever, you know, like, mm-hmm. uh, but anyway. Yeah. Or like, that's a, yeah, that's a really good point. <laughs> so they get approached by this Borg. Cube. Yeah. And they get kind of tractored in and like, at what point does Harry Kim, do they all get knocked unconscious? Um, they get, well, so Harry Kim is like working on, he, he goes into like this weird, like mini Jeffrey's tube. Yeah. Basically. To try to like get the, because the shields got messed up. Shields are, yeah, to work. And so then he gets knocked unconscious. And, and they then, don't see him because he's in the, he's in there. Yeah. So then the rest of them get captured and kind of wake up in this, like, in the Borg cube. This is a very, I mean, I will say this is a very kind of, like, atmosphere. I guess all the Borg episodes kind of are. But, like, this is a very kind of creepy episode, atmosphere-wise. Because a lot of it's, like, on the Borg cube. And it's, like, a deserted Borg cube. With a bunch of just like dead bodies with like yeah, stuff sticking and so there's just like the creepy place. stuff all around, and because later Harry Kim wakes up and is like just kind of like walking down these like deserted creepy board cube corridors, like trying to find the shield generator, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, and then like the rest of them are in wake up in this like assimilation chamber, and like all there is is sort of this like kind of like mutilated body where the kid the Borg had like tried to assimilate someone and failed terribly. Um, that, that's also like why? Why do they have an assimilation chamber? Like what? Like don't have we ever seen someone brought to an assimilation chamber before? Like don't usually just like assimilate people. I think like so um, yeah, don't they, they usually just kind of like inject the. They have like little things on the hand, like inject the yeah. nanobots, right? Yeah, but it seems like that like the person, the dead person, like they were doing some sort of weird like surgery. On yeah, them. they were trying to like actually. Maybe they found a book on like old. Klingon person surgery yeah. techniques, and we're just like, I wonder if we can do that. They were trying to like implant a, a Cl- like a Kazon, yeah, to make into, it think it was a board, to make it uh, you know, like, right. <laughs> uh, anyways, yeah. So they they kind of like start trying to figure out how to break out, and then these, I think the kids come into the room, I think, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so there's these five Borg children 
that are like the only Borg still living on this ship, and they are not. They've been like disconnected from the greater like Borg collective, and then like Voyager kind of shows up and finds them and tries to, or I guess before you find out their kids, you have Janeway trying to like negotiate with the like she's trying to like talk to the Borg, and everyone's like the Borg are acting really strange because like the they're trying to like make a deal they're like well we'll give you your hostages back if you give us your deflector dish and everyone's just like borg don't do that like borg don't take hostages or like make deals they just kind of take what they want um and like the borg are acting very strangely and so so yeah because that happens first and then seven of nine goes over there and seven meets the kids and then like the kids in seven go in to talk to tom and neelix and chakotay um, so Seven goes over there, and yeah, and there's these five kids, and she kind of figures out what happened is that something killed all of the Borg on the ship, and then caused, like, a, normally if Borg are, like, assimilated as children, they get stuck into these growth chambers where they kind of, like, stay there in stasis until they've become adults, and then they come out. And, like, whatever happened to the ship caused those chambers to malfunction and just kind of, like, spit them out while they were still kids. Yeah. Um, well, but but they were assimilated though. They weren't like grown in there like that baby, because like because they do remember being assimilated, right? Yeah. Like, but because I think Seven says like this, it's there's a scene where like Seven, because Seven kind of keeps going back and forth between the board cube and then like reports back to Voyager, and there's a scene where she's talking with Janeway that I thought was actually like a very well done, like a good scene. I mean, I feel like it's just underappreciated how good actors both Jerry Ryan and Kate Mulgrew are. Um, Cause I feel like they both do a really good job in this scene where Janeway is like, is like asking like, can we just do what we did with you and like take these kids and unplug them and turn them back into not Borg. And yeah. seven says like, I was like assimilated when I was a little girl. And then I was stuck in one of these chambers for like five years or whatever. And then when I came out, I was an adult and like basically says that like the assimilation itself was such a like traumatic experience that if I were to then just like immediately go back to having my own mind, it would drive me crazy Uh to have like just lived through something that like horrible and painful and like spending years being a Borg and having that sort of like order and programming and all of that like she says like i actually like still even now that i am back to being human like use that kind of order like that is like has remained a part of me and is like yeah how i cope with life is like because of like things i learned as a borg yeah which is clearly true yeah yeah and like gives it i feel like is a good like gives a good kind of character glance into kind of the depth of seven as a character where like she is kind of both human and Borg at the same time. Um, and then there, I think there's a really good line where like, she t- basically tells Janeway, like you can't like, just like save every drone. Like you can't like, go on this crusade against the Borg and like turn them all back into humans. Mm-hmm. And then j- what Janeway tells her is that like the one thing that these kids have that you didn't is that they have you, right? Like they, they have someone yeah. who's like been through it, who can like kind of like sympathize with them and like guide them and help them and kind of like, that sort of responsibility that's something that seven to this point has never had before of like being kind of a i don't know if like parental or like older figure who's like helping 
kind of younger people through something. Yeah, I agree with you that like they're good, they're good actors and stuff. But it's just it, it goes back to the thing we talk about so much on the show, which is that like Janeway can be so poorly served by these writers because then the plot of Janeway in this episode is basically like. Should I use a biological agent on a bunch of kids? Yes. <laughs> Which they just wouldn't make another captain have to think about, you know? Like Yeah. Yeah, cuz like and like even the doctor is just like you're not going to use this, right? And she's like and She's like maybe. Yeah. <laughs> if I have to, it, I hope I like, don't have to. This is the thing. This is again like I my big criticism about these Voyager Borg episodes is just like I don't want to know this much because every time that you try to explain more stuff about the Borg to me, I just have more questions uh-huh. that like make them less interesting because it's like it, when they first start talking about it, I was like, oh, like, that's kind of interesting. And I, I was like, I'm sure they're not going to actually do that. But like, it's an interesting dilemma at first because it's like, well, what are these things? Like, like they're not kind of the thought being like, are they kids or are they not kids? Like, mm-hmm. because like the Borg doesn't have children in the same way right where it's just like right. if you're connected to the board you're just you're just part of like one thing whereas like if you're disconnected from the board like you know it's like you've seen people like say hugh who are disconnected from the board who are adults but they're functionally children you know like in, in in terms of like their life experience but then the episode like very quickly is like oh but they're just kids and then it's just like well then at that point like you can't have Janeway still continuing to think about whether or not she's going to kill these people right if they're just yeah and, like, I don't know, like, maybe I'm just not being charitable because I think there's a way, a way you could read this where it's, like, they're not part of their own collective. It's, like, kids trying to, like, play act like they're Borg because, like, they know that's what they're supposed to be. And so they're, like... Yeah, because I think they talk about how, like, they've all been assimilated pretty recently. They kind of make it sound like. Yeah. So, yeah, I think they were, like, assimilated as seven-year-old children and then like immediately just kind of like stuck into these stasis chambers so like they have just kind of the faintest programming because there's still like borg machinery in them yeah but they don't have the like sort of voice of the whole hive mind and so they are trying to like but but like it seems like they're borg enough where like they can do some at least some like hive mind communication and they can like control the ship and stuff so it's like it's not like they're just like not borg i don't know it's just like this weird thing i've heard just like what are they i don't know it's just it's just one of those things where it's just like i just don't i don't know i just don't like when voyager does this stuff i'm just like i don't want to know any of this like that the borg were cooler when they were just kind of this like scary monolithic like well just like it's it's not even that i don't want to, but it's just like when they add these things it's like you're you're trying to answer questions that i never had but also it's just like it's not even that, that like the borg can't be interesting if you know more about them it's just that like their high concept is so clean and simple mm-hmm. in tng where it's like they're all high mind and they're scary and like they'll do anything yeah like, and like, they, like, they never stop like you cannot hurt them <laughs> Yeah, the thing about them that is, like, frightening is that they are, there is no nuance to them, like... Yeah, you can't negotiate, you can't... And I like—I normally like things to have nuance, but, like, not when, like, the thing is that, like, they are essentially this inhuman mass, you know? Yeah. I don't know, it, it's just, like, it's tough, it's just, like, a tough hurdle for me to get over from this, yeah, that part of it, I where it's just, like, sense. I don't know. But I, again, I think I am probably being a little uncharitable because, like, thinking about it, I'm like, yeah, I guess there is, like, something interesting there about, like, where it's, like, the character of First, who I think never gets a name because he dies. Yeah. He is, like, 
no, no, we're supposed to be Borg. We're Borg, you know, but like... Yeah, but he's doing it as a, like, angry teenager. Yeah. And so, like, the, the question is, it's like, I guess it's okay for him to be angry because... You were talking about last episode, too, like, trusting people to, to do things. And it's mm-hmm. like, as I'm thinking about it now, I'm like, I guess, like, it makes sense that he's angry because it's like he's not actually fully locked into the collective. But I don't... I think I'm at a point where it's hard for me to have trust in Voyager to do a good Borg episode because... That's fair. There's we have seen of... other episodes of Voyager where Borg are have emotions when they shouldn't have emotions, you know? And so, like, I'm now trained where it's like when I see a Borg having an emotion on Voyager, I'm just be like, that Borg's not supposed to have emotions. Even yeah. though, like, now that I'm thinking about it, it's like, I guess that does make sense that, like, he has emotions in this episode. I don't know. Does that make sense? Like, Yeah, I get what you're, I get what you're saying with that, yeah, is that it is, yeah, especially given Voyager's track record of of Borg episodes, it does kind of feel like a lot of, like, more of the same. I'm acknowledging that I'm being a little bit, maybe a little bit too harsh on this episode, but you see, so you keep keep going. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, so Seven kind of keeps... Yeah, I think she keeps on coming back and forth. Kind of going back and forth, and, like, is... Like, initially, they Janeway kind of makes a deal of just, like, well, we will maybe entertain, like, exchanging our deflector dish for the captives, and then... But she's like, we... Like, we need the deflector dish. Like, the ship won't work without it. And she's like, what if I send... Like, what if Seven kind of, like, tries to repair your own ship? So that... Because the reason they want the deflector... Like, what what the Borg children are ultimately trying to do is figure out something they can do that will reconnect them to the collective. And Voyager is just kind of trying to, like... Basically trying to stall until they can rescue the hostages because they're like well if we reconnect them into the collective they'll just call more borg and then we'll be in more trouble and so that's when like harry kim wakes up and hasn't been captured and and like contacts voyager and they're like okay well if we can send harry kim in to blow up like to plant a bomb and blow up the shield generator then we can beam all our people back and escape and so seven's just kind of trying to stall in the meantime um but also as she's kind of like going through their system, she finds out that actually they were like the collective knew that this happened to them and then just kind of like cut them off and cut them loose. That basically like the collective was like all the adults on the ship died. There's these five or six kids that we don't care about. And like, we're not going to like, it's kind of like irrelevant to try to reintegrate them into the collective. We'll instead just kind of cut them off and like, not care what happens to them so like even if the kids did get their deflector back the borg wouldn't come back for them and so then harry kim before he can blow up the shield generator gets captured and then that kind of sets off first gets really mad and like calls janeway being like you were like trying to deceive us and like blow up our shield generator while you were never wanting to help us at all so then they just try to use a tractor beam to like rip the deflector off of Voyager and then they figure out that they can do a sciencey Star Trek thing and like what if we like sent a feedback pulse like through the defector through the tractor beam and that would overload the Borg ship and make it malfunction and then we can get our people off and so they do that and a thing explodes and first dies and Seven kind of tells all the rest of them, like, 
the Borg aren't coming back for you. Like, this is your chance to, like, be individuals again and, like, make your own choices. And so they all come back with her to Voyager. And I think that's the episode. I don't know if I... Yeah. I felt like I kind of rushed through, but I don't know that there's anything I really missed. Yeah, I guess I guess the other... Well, we, we, did, we didn't talk about the Borg baby. Oh, yeah, there's also a Borg baby. Yeah. That, that they kind of, like, see a few times in this incubation thing where it's like floating in green water and then that pod starts malfunctioning and so seven's like we have to beam it to voyager because to like the medical bay because then they can help it Mm -hmm. and there keeps so there's this kind of like not quite power struggle but what they kind of reveal is that uh each who i guess they just is he just called second while he's borg okay that he was actually like he's technically I guess he's the oldest, or he was like the first. No, he came. He came out of. He the, was the first yeah, person to like first. come out of a pod. So like, apparently, that means that like he should be in charge. But he like says like I couldn't maintain order, and then this other guy could, and so he became first, and I became second. But there's kind of this again, like because first is this very much like angry young man. He was really give me like um, Jesse Eisenberg vibes. That's I fair. Yeah, I could see that. And so there keeps being these sort of, like, never a full power struggle, but, like, he keeps, like, yelling at everyone else to listen to him, and they keep kind of, like, hesitating, and, like, because they are all individuals that are just trying to, like, keep this, like, structure in order, they keep being, like, like, Seven will say something, and they're just, like, and he's, like, no, don't do what she says, and they kind of, like, look back and forth between them. So, like, beaming the baby over is kind of the first time where like they actually listen to seven because she's just like we have to save this borg baby and then yeah and then they beam it over to sick bay and like the doctor sort of like i think on purpose like tells janeway to like hold it and then he's just like and here's the bioweapon you asked for are you sure you still want to use it like while she's like looking at this baby and it's just like that's that's a smart move by the doctor but but she's still like if I have to, yeah. Like, <laughs> like puts the baby down and takes the bioweapon. And... I was reading on the Memory Alpha too. So, I, so I, like the end of the episode, like the the other kids who aren't first who dies, they come and stay on Voyager, and they and there's some stuff where I, I assume like Seven teaches them the ways of humanity or whatever in like the last couple of seasons of the show. But we never see the Borg baby again. And I guess someone asked Brandon Braga about it, and he was just like, uh, they returned it to its people. And you don't see that in the episode. We thought about showing it on the screen, but we decided we just focus on the kids. So. <laughs> because we realized that we did not have an actual baby. He's like, listen, I'm too busy now writing episodes about uh, people having dreams in in, hol- in, uh, in transporter patterns. Uh, yeah. Well, I think all the kids except each have in like a, like it's only a couple episodes later that they, they end up like taking all the other kids home. Okay. And, like, giving them back to their people. Like, they do show that with the other kids, I think. And then Icheb, like, decides to stay on Voyager and ends up becoming, like, a part of the crew. Yeah, I... Like I said, I, no, for my complaints, like, I did think this episode was, like... It was fine. It, I, I, yeah. I, it's, a lot, it's a lot of, like... I think it's a good Seven episode. Like, I think it's a good episode for Seven's character. And, like, I think she definitely, like, sort of takes a step forward with her character in this episode of, like, having to take on a role that she didn't have before and like kind of 
having this realization about herself and then like being able to apply that to these other kids. Yeah, I agree that like the actual like maybe the overall story itself maybe doesn't hold up the strongest, but it's also very Voyager. Just there's just like a lot of like business, which is like not like bad, but just like it's just like all right, well they're here and then he's there and then she goes over here and then they come back, but then he's still here and he goes. Yeah, know, there like, is a just... seven. There is a lot of seven being back and forth, like on Voyager and like on the Borg ship again. And then Harry's Harry's unconscious and he gets up and then he gets captured and yeah, know, it's just like it's like, just like well we gotta everyone we gotta else was captured and then Harry was like not captured, but then Harry was captured, which Anyways. is like. Better, I guess, than, like, the opposite thing where there's nothing going on, but it's still, like, it does feel a little fillery. I don't know. Yeah. That, that is true. That, like, all of, this, all of the Harry stuff, like, kind of could have just not happened because it doesn't accomplish yeah. anything. You are right, though. Like, Jerry Ryan. Jerry Ryan just has the goods. Like, she's got gravitas, you know? Like, like Kim and I are watching Voyager, and, you know, sometimes I you just get texts from me at night that just say, like... <laughs> They just they just say Jerry Ryan like that's all the, that's yes. like the entire that, that does happen. Like I send you <laughs> like like uh, and yeah she's just like, good like she can she she works like uh, yeah and I think just does a, such a good job of like portraying emotion in such a subdued way like of the character being kind of defined as being like flat and emotionless but just like you can tell there's so much emotion behind it and like kind of see her like. Like, you can see so much kind of, like, inner struggle in her, like, that she is feeling emotions and, like, doesn't know how to do that. And, like, yeah, yeah. like, she just somehow communicates all that non-verbally so well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. Good actor. Yeah, she is. She really is. Um, well, I don't have anything else for this. Do you? I, the, the one other thing that I did make note of, of is that apparently the Borg are just the first race ever in the history of Star Trek to think of putting their shield generator on the inside of the ship where you can't reach it. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> they're, they're, like, shooting at it, and they're like, target the shield generator. And someone's like, we can't. It's on the inside. Ah, oh, those, those clever, yeah. clever devils. And I do get that, like, Borg cubes are, like, much bigger than any other ship, and, like, presumably that is part of the design, but... Well, they, they must have stolen that idea from... stolen that idea from some other... You know, there's some some other race of aliens out I there. I guess that's like, true. Yeah, that the Borg took it from, and somehow the Borg still managed to assimilate them. So, yeah. Oh, you know something? Actually, I just want to like say this because because I don't know when we're going to talk about it again. Um, just thinking about Borg things. You remember how I was talking to you about? Um, we, were, we were talking about like the the Borg stuff in Picard season two, when one of the powers that the Borg have is just that they're good at singing. Like, they have perfect pitch. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, that's a really fun idea. And then I just re- I realized that that's from Voyager because that in that episode I was talking about earlier where the Doctor teaches Seven how to date, she has, like, perfect pitch in that episode. And he's like, oh, that's... Really? Yeah. He's like, you said such a nice voice. She's like, oh, yeah, we assimilated that. <laughs> like, so it's like, <laughs> yeah, that's actually a thing that's back from the old show. But yeah, so I just thought it was kind of funny. So we had just talked about that when I watched that episode, so I wanted to like yeah come back around on it. But well, thank you everybody for listening. In a couple weeks, we're going to be back with the Way to Eden, which is a original series episode, original series season three, episode twenty. Is this our first season three original series? Uh, is it? Not sure. This is this is one of the very last episodes of of original series. Um. Hmm. 
no, apparently a lot of Troyes was from season three. Yeah, so this is the fifth last episode of um, of original series we're talking huh. about. Uh, but yeah, season three, episode 20. Um, so in a couple weeks, you can come back and listen to that. In the meantime, you can follow us on Twitter at Contracts. You can email us at outofcontracts.gmail.com. You can visit our website at outofcontracts.podbean.com. Or you can follow us on YouTube at Out of Contracts. Contracts is spelled C-O-N-T-R-E-K-S. You can also check out the other shows on the Classical Media Podcast Network. There's Here's Johnny, which is a horror media podcast. There's That's Not How Science Works, which is a science pop culture podcast. And there is Wizard Studies, which is a Harry Potter podcast. So check any of those folks out. And we'll see you next time. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, everyone.